Welcome to the Black Writers Studio, a podcast presented by the Hurston Wright Foundation and hosted by Dr. Khadija Ali Coleman. The Black Writers Studio is dedicated to showcasing Black writers who are transforming the world today with their literary pen and creating a legacy for the culture. Tracy McKell Lewis Jagetz is author of the dynamic book Black Joy Stories of Resistance, Resilience, and Restoration. She is a professor of English and Black Studies at the Community College of Philadelphia and the founder of HeartSpace, a healing community that uses storytelling and the arts to serve those who have experienced mental, emotional, and physical trauma. As a writer, Tracy has published 15 books, including several collaborations with numerous high-profile authors. In 2016, she was honored by She Knows Media as one of the Voices of the Year for her nuanced and personal exploration of mental health, PTSD, and self-care. Tracy has work published in print and online publications such as O Magazine, The Washington Post, Essence Magazine, The Guardian, and the 2021 book, You Are Your Best Thing, Vulnerability, Shame, Resilience, and the Black Experience, edited by Brene Brown and Tarana Burke. Tracy, 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 you have written this book that has really taken a life of its own because it speaks about um, something that we, we know it, it becomes a catchphrase, Black joy, Black joy, Black joy. But um, it, it's not until we get into the crevices of your book that you're deconstructing what, you know, what that can possibly mean through a series of essays. So um, I wanted to read what I came across on the internet, which is called the elevator pitch okay. for your book. All right. And, and you t- let me know if you wrote this, <laughs> but okay. Black, Black Joy, Stories of Resistance, Resilience and Restoration is a collection of 36 intimate personal essays that will not only demonstrate the nuances and complexities of Black joy, how it's been an ever-present but often hidden stabilizer for you personally, but it will also show how joy survives and thrives even while living above, beneath, and alongside the trauma that comes with living in the Black body. Mm -hmm. Wow. Now, now did you... Okay. So, well, so as I'm reading that, I'm getting goosebumps. Um, the trauma of living in the black body. So, um, I would love for us to really unpack that um, because there's a story in there as to how you came to even deciding that this was going to be um, not only you know you have a, a series of essays that compile this book. But how did that writing journey start? Um, was there any type of um, genesis moment that really ignited this conversation that you begin to have through your writing? Yeah, I think it began long before I even thought that this was going to be a book or an essay. Mm-hmm. Um, I am. I had been wrestling with grief myself and and trauma 
And I going through therapy, my therapist asked me a very um, pointed question that I couldn't answer, which was, um, what does joy feel like in your body? And the big age of 40 something years old, I could not answer her. I knew I'd experienced joy. Of course I had. I couldn't have lived this long, right? Um, but I couldn't locate it. I couldn't locate uh, joy in my body. And so that began a journey for me of trying to figure out what joy felt like um, and being very intentional about creating the opportunities for joy to show up. Um, and from there, I wrote an essay um, right after George Floyd's um, murder um, that was wrestling with this idea of grief and how it shows up in our parenting. And it was uh, for the Washington Post. It was a piece on Black Joy is Resistance um, that came out of an experience I had with my daughter, where we ended up dancing in our backyard. Um, and this, you know, Gen X versus Gen Z battle that we were having. <laughs> and then, but my acute awareness of the joy, but also the perceptions of other people in our neighborhood who may not have liked to see two black girls, you know, getting it in or anything. And, um, and so balancing that duality and thinking about how this joy moment was living very much in my body. I could feel it. I knew at that point, you know, what it felt like, but it, there was always this hovering of something else, my own grief, but also it was a contentious election season. So what was going on in the world? We, you know, again, um, George Floyd had just been murdered. And so there was so much in me. And it, it it got me thinking about how we often think of joy as something we have to go find or we have to go get. And in just reading and thinking about our ancestors, our ancestors have always known joy. It's always, it's about our birthright. It's always been present. And they also, they knew how to balance um, or not, uh, balance is not the word I want. Um, they knew how to call up joy even when the circumstances were the worst they could have, you know, seemingly be. And mm -hmm. so um, I wrote the essay, the essay turned into this opportunity to do this book. So that's sort of the long kind of route, but <laughs> it really was me doing the work on myself, being aware, then it came, it, of course, it, all of what comes from me, at least as a writer, comes from this personal engagement that I have with whatever it is. Right. And and, and you've written some books. This isn't your only book. This isn't your right. first book. You actually are the, are, are the author of 18 books in total, yeah. right, correct? Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, so what exactly about this book would you say kind of opened you up or um, required more or something different from you than these other books? I mean, mm -hmm. you're quite a, quite a prolific writer. So there's something to be said about this book, which seems to tap into something that was way deeper than anything surfaced. Like this, this is this topic and the way that you approach it is from a very deep emotional, psychological in, in spiritual um, perspective. So what did it require of you differently than um, as you, you know, when you wrote your other books? Um, that, that's a very good question. <laughs> um, I think, you know, I, out of those 18 books, there's poetry collections, there's, um, you know, fiction, uh, there's there's some nonfiction, there's collaborations, because I'm a ghostwriter, so I've worked with some folks 
um, and putting their their work out into the world. Um, but with this book, it was very different. It was a pivotal moment, I think, in my personhood and who I was as a black woman, as a mother, all of those things. It's a critical point in time. Uh, it was a, a a critical point in my grieving process and the loss of my family member to racial violence in 2018. Um, it was after a severe illness. It, it was like this perfect storm of of understandings that I had about myself and my life and, you know, the life I lived, the life I wanted to live, my healing process and all of it. Um, and so I always say that in writing Black Joy, I was probably the most free that I've ever felt. I, I was most liberated on the page. Um, and there was something, um, not to get too <laughs> woo woo, but like, I felt like that I was writing for me and I was writing about this topic and I was bringing to bear all of those things that I'd learned as a writer um, through Hurston Wright, through like, like, like through every, <laughs> all of the things that I'd done in my life as a writer. But then there was something else at work and there was mm -hmm. someone else speaking, right? And so mm -hmm. I think about my grandmother, I write about my grandmother and my great grandmother and these voices that were part of the work. Um, and so I think that's the main difference. Like I decided when I, you know, got the deal and, you know, saw that what this was going to turn into to um, put aside Professor Tracy put aside, you know, everything that I thought I knew and just to be free and write the story, um, stories that I needed to write um, for my own healing, but hopefully that someone else can say, oh yeah, word, like I, you know, I didn't know anybody thought that same way. I don't even, I didn't know that someone struggled with grief and joy and what it looks like, or, you know, remembering the memory of their first love or, you know, all the things that I talk about in the book. And so hopefully mm -hmm. that come across, that comes across. That's so interesting because it, it, it seems um, deeply spiritual and that's not woo woo for me. That's up my alley, but okay. um, I, I, what I, what I find most interesting is that the topic is of black joy, but it comes from a space that's everything, but, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, and during a time that's everything but joyful, <laughs> but yet that's what has, you know, you know, it's like you're pulling from, from that, which is very interesting to me. What I also find interesting is that the bulk and correct me if I'm wrong, the bulk of the essays were written during this span, um, this this time frame, as opposed to being a collection of essays pulled from different um, time periods of your life. Am I correct with that? Or would yes, you say? Well, so I would say the majority of definitely were written during this time period. There were probably out of 36 essays, maybe, mm, maybe 10 that existed in some form. But I return to those essays, I think, with a different eye. Um, there are a few, there were a few there that were previous pu previously published, one in Essence, another one um, in Catapult. And so there were some other places that a few of them lived. But a big chunk of those essays, you're right, um, came, came from that. And I just want to like address something because you were saying um, that it's interesting that like the trauma, the pain, and the struggle was what this conversation and this this writing from Black Joy comes out of. And I think mm -hmm. if 
that is by definition what black joy is like joy itself is a universal you know experience it's the dopamine and the adrenaline when we experience pleasure everybody every human being black white or whatever has it what makes and then, you know i get the question from folks that are like you know well, why is it got to be black and why you got to make it about mm -hmm. race because there is a very distinct experience culturally historically that we have that makes it so that our joy that universal experience that we have as human beings lives in this container of other stuff mm -hmm. that is a result of the transatlantic slave trade and jim crow and all this this transgenerational stuff that we experience even to this present day that's why the black on it matters black joy mm -hmm. is a thing because of that distinction mm -hmm. Um, okay, so I'm trying to keep myself together because that I'm recalling watching an interview that you did with um, Kesey Lehman. Yeah, I, always yeah. jack, I always jack yeah. his name up. Um, and I'm, it was, it, I cried when I watched it because he said that um, one of the things that he would often do to push his, he would push his body to exhaustion um, is compare how he's living to his ancestors who were enslaved. And if they could do it, then if he saw no reason to have excuses um, as to why he couldn't just um, exhaust himself, you know, to, and, and, and which is so often the narrative for many black people, you know, more likely to die of hypertension, more likely, you know, to have diabetes and just so many health ailments that are largely connected to stress, largely connected to just um, poor self-care and the things that we do um, just to be, it, while still considering ourselves functional. Um, so when you break it down as um, this Black joy is in direct relation to the experiences that we have, the historically um, oppressive and disenfranchising behavior <laughs> um, towards us from other people, um, it, it gives context to what it is. That it's not just you know a catchphrase or hashtag, but it's it's connecting this ability to find um, or to have this experience in in spite of. Um, so one of the things that I would like to know when we speak of um, in spite of, I don't know if our watchers and listeners are aware of the many hats that you wear, but one of the things that you're very public about is just this love and, and that you have of, of being a parent. Um, you often showcase your relationship with your beautiful daughter. And um, you say that a lot of the, the work for this book um, was inspired or came from your experience as a parent. Can you talk a, a bit about that and how parenting played into um, the expression that's found in this book? Yes, I can. Um, I love that question. I don't think anybody's asking me that question. I love that. Um, you know, the thing is, uh, there's something about having a little mirror following you around the house. <laughs> there's something about, and, you know, even more so, she looks exactly like me 
at the age wow. that she is, you know? So <laughs> it, is, it is a kind of inner child engagement where I am now engaging with this version of myself. And she is absolutely her own person. She'll tell you she's her own person, <laughs> but there is, I think where the work, as I began to do my own work, and as I began to understand that some of the things that I said and did and even wrote about um, were a result of these parts of me, these younger parts of me showing up, showing up on the page, showing up in relationships, showing up in as a teacher, all of those kinds of things. And, um, and all the things that that younger version of me had to do to feel safe. Um, and and so my daughter is, she calls herself a free black girl and she is, she has this way of being that feels to me like this free version, this liberated version, um, because I try to, cause when you know better, you do better. So whereas my mother and my mother's mother may not have had the information and the, even the time or the resources or accessibility to be able to give a certain amount of um, emotional freedom psychological freedom, physical freedom, I can give that to her. And watching how she engages with that, um, how she experiences joy, which is very different. Um, I come up with in, in a time, you know, where, um, you know, we go into certain places in certain spaces, and as little black girls, we had to carry ourselves a certain way or, you know, stop all that noise. You're being too loud. You know, we want these white folks, you know, saying, you know, that that kind of space. And now when we move into spaces, I have to fight against that inclina inclination to tell her, you know, be quiet, you know, be quiet. You know, and we do right, talk right. about boundaries. Right. right but right. that even that is just an example of me seeing what freedom, what liberation looks like in this little black body of hers and wanting to nurture that and wanting to um, ex even experience it through her, you know? Mm. So when she wants to break out in whatever the Gen Zers do nowadays. Um, and then I hit my cabbage patch and we're dancing and, you know, it's, it's a way for me to tap back into a, a place that didn't get that kind of freedom at the time in 1980 such and such or 70 such and such, right? Um, so like my journey with her as a parent and like, again, trying to resist some of the, the, the messages that I don't want to pass down the line and also wanting to give her some of that joy that I know from my grandmother, my great grandmother. So it's not always this notion of transgenerational trauma passing, but right. like passing down the joy and passing down the good cultural stuff, what meaning, right. the hair, you know, whatever it is, and giving her that and and giving it her that in full, that to me really was a turning point for me to be able to write differently, even to write mm -hmm. about joy differently than I may mm -hmm. have prior to having her. Right. It sounds like it's a, a a level of intentionality that didn't really exist before, um, where if it happened, it happened, you know, right. um, and <laughs> but you're, you're going about the work of memory making. And so it's intentional. So this is a, a memory. And, and when we even think of memory making, a lot of times it's it's reflecting back and having to pull back 
from you know the dusty corners of our of our memories is not always something that's up front but what you're doing and what you're saying is that it's possible to be intentional about it and for it still to be authentic and genuine and to really aid in our healing so that's just that's just powerful overall when when you <laughs> As, as you know, this book, many people, I've seen so many testimonies from folks who have read it, um, how it's been transformational for them. What, did you have any intention when you voted, um, anything in particular that you wanted folks to walk away knowing? Um, and I get the sense that this book is, is really for Black readers, um, but correct me if I'm wrong, if, if someone who is, is non-Black reads this, is there something, a different experience that they're to have or more insight? Or is there something particular, an audience, a particular audience that you wrote this for and that you wanted them to walk away um, feeling or knowing? Yeah. Um, so first and foremost, I, I wrote it for Black folks. Mm -hmm. um, I, I, I did. Um, I, I wanted it to, if I had a an intention. I wanted it to be one of those books that you we just keep coming back to that we keep talking about, right? Like, you know, um, Sister Outsider with Andre Lord, Audrey Lord. Um, you know, like the ones that just keep, you know, you were, you know, every now and again you might, you know, open it up and read an essay, you know, that kind of mm -hmm. thing. Um, because what I hope is that there's an ongoing conversation about joy in our communities, in our group chats, with our girls, you know, with our family members, with our children, um, because of the environment in which we have to live, you know, I feel like we do have to be intentional and we have to um, have those conversations out loud with each mm -hmm. other. And there's an awareness. So the, the book is move is three movements, Black Joy is resistance, as resilience, and as restoration. And that's very intentional because while yes, we need to know that we're defiant, you know, uh, you know, when we choose to sing in the middle of a protest or, you know, laugh um when, you know, people don't want to see our joy. I also want us to know that's only one part of it, that there is this bounce back that we do, there is this healing that we do. Um, and so I, if there's what I want people to get from it is like, what does joy feel like in your body? That's the question that my therapist asked me, right? Like, I want people to know that, to know that their, their hands start to tingle or their stomach gets a little warm or something and have this connection, this somatic connection to their body mm. and then be able to wield it and be able mm. to use it as they need to use it. So that's mm -hmm. like the first intention with the second being, and then I want you to tell everybody, and then I want you to, you know, <laughs> to have this as like this book on your shelf that you refer back to constantly. Now to the second part of your question, <laughs> here's how I answer that, because there have been, a, you know, a, a nice amount of white folks who have read the book and have enjoyed the book. How I answer the question is this, every year in our old neighborhood where we used to live, there was a Greek festival. And me, my husband and my daughter, especially when she was real little, used to love going to this Greek festival. I mean, the baklava, like, like all of the food that they would have, the dancing or whatever. Now, when we got to the festival, we would certainly eat the food. We certainly enjoyed the show. Uh, it just, we love watching this particular culture celebrate themselves. We didn't jump on the stage. 
We didn't, you know, go behind the counter and tell them why that food, you know, might be too fattening or too sweet. We didn't center ourselves in their celebration, right? But we enjoyed it and it was fulfilling. And sometimes we would even take something from it like, oh, you know what? The next time we have our event, we should do such and such. We even drew from it, but we didn't take from it. And I think there's a difference between drawing from something and taking from it. Right. And so right. that's my my uh request or my hope for anyone who is who don't identify as black right are not black who are reading this book you draw from it there's certainly universal lessons there around joy that you can take from it but you're not centering yourself in the story because this is about a very particular experience so mm -hmm. i always worry about saying that but like that is mm -hmm. that's how i feel right and i and I have, I've never asked that question before um, until I was reminded by Toni Morrison, by that um, infamous clip that I just, I watch it on repeat. I love it so much yes. where that woman asked her, um, have you ever thought about writing about white characters? And right. she, oh my gosh. So whoever's watching film. it, <laughs> fed her for filth but um but it 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 came to mind for that um because i've been asked with my own books in plays that i've written um that have centered women i've had men when are you going to include men and so but i know that um you've probably experienced that before but i also you know just recently visiting twitter and seeing it's a book that's out black and bougie and a lot of the um, yeah. <laughs> the criticisms and you know in addition to you um being an essayist you're also um a scholar and so i can imagine now with the popularity of this topic and and you you know, I, I think it's been maybe a hashtag before, but you really giving some depth and substance to this discussion about Black joy. I, I definitely can see this now being something that's entered into the scholarly space, right? <laughs> and, and, and um, you know, it definitely is a different take when um, it's from the voices of, of Black people, where then it begins to be uh, um, uh, scholarly observation or research yeah. approach to it. Yeah. And so I, I, I say all of that to say, um, do you see you continuing to discuss or to write about this and broadening it from more of the essay stance where it's more editorial, more mm -hmm. personal to something where, um, it can be something that you um, deconstruct from a scholarly space. Is there is there a, a fine line from that? And and do you see that opening up now for those who are non-black to then begin discussing this? Um, I don't. It's a very good question. Um, I don't know if I personally will take. Um, sort of an academic or scholarly perspective on the topic. I tend my I feel like right now, at least my best work is in the realm of lived experience, right? And engaging with not just my own lived experience, but the lived experiences of the subject matter of Black folks um, and, and how that 
shows up. Um, so I'm more like creative nonfiction more than anything. Um, although I do a lot and I had to do even with this book, a lot of research and a lot of, you know, scholarly work. I, I think that there is an opportunity for other black scholars to take this top. And there, there actually is there, there are people that are doing this work. Um, you know, I'm thinking of Cleaver, I'm thinking, you know, um, the, with the Black Joy Project. And there, there are people that are out there like really doing their work, but I do think they need to be Black folks. Um, mm -hmm. Because while you can even approach something from an academic um, scholarly standpoint, the lens that you use to even do that work matters when it when it's something like this, which is the biggest problem with this idea of this white woman you know, writing this book on trap feminism, you know, like there's there's a particular lens, um, cultural lens that you just don't have to even be able to see it through to even write about it from a scholarly perspective. And so I, I honestly, I, I, to answer your question, yes, I think this opens us up, opens the conversation up to, to look at Black Joy in a more nuanced. It's not mm -hmm. like I tell people all the time, like you can read my book and it's not gonna be all spades, games and electric slide. It that mm -hmm. piece is in there, but that is one piece of a larger conversation of all the myriad of ways that Black joy shows up. Mm -hmm. But I still think that that needs to be handled in a particular way um, mm -hmm. by someone who has that lived experience. Mm -hmm. yeah. it, it's giving me very much um, Bell Hooks. Would you say that she mm -hmm. is among... <laughs> Is she, would, would you consider her one of your foremothers or someone who, um, had, you know, I, I look at her, her books on love and um, the ways that Black people love in particular, and this seems to be, um, you know, following in that legacy, the, you know, footsteps, so to speak. Have, have has like, anyone made? Yes, they've said it. I've said <laughs> it. I've heard it like all the time. And the thing is, is that I love Bell Hooks. I don't know if I necessarily connected my work like in, in the tradition of it, but I see it. And like, I, you know, with this book in particular, it has come up at least five times, five or six times from interviewers. I've even seen the book on the shelf next to, because you know, I mean, we know she just recently passed, right? So like right, right. on the shelf next to All About Love and, you know, Bone Black and like all of these books of hers. Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. it is, an, uh, and, and, and she's a Kentucky woman and I'm a Kentucky, I'm born and raised in Kentucky. So that- oh, Look at that, that. Yeah, like that connection <laughs> to, you know, my home state and all of that. Um, I, I, that's an honor to even hear, to, to have heard it as often um, means that my intention about this book being on the shelf that people grab periodically is underway, you know, if that is the case, because I certainly have about at least seven of her books on my shelf. I'm looking over here because that's the shelf, you know? Um, yeah, like I, I have lots of her work. So that means a lot. Oh, that's wonderful. So, you know, I think, as, as we close out, I, I would love for you to let folks know where are those spaces that you would love for them to pick up your book. Um, and do you have any in-person, you know, are you touring the book and where are some spots that folks could possibly meet you in person to get a signed copy of your book? Yes. Um, so the book is available everywhere. Books are sold as well as audiobook, if that's your thing. Um, are you reading it? I am reading it. 
Oh, that's so awesome. Yes. <laughs> I enjoyed it. That was so, that was so fun to do that. Um, so, you know, Audible, all the audiobook vendors, Google Play, all of that. Um, and, you know, wherever you buy your books, um, I prefer if you can to buy the book from an independent Black-owned bookstore. And so there is Mahogany Books in the D.C. area. There is That's where I am. Yeah, mm-hmm. Harriet's in Philly. Um, we're <laughs> near me. And um, uh, Uncle Bobby's in Philly also. So there's That's places right. that you can actually order online and have it shipped to you. Um and I um, have a new book coming out September 13th. So I have to that say- That was my that. next question. Yes. <laughs> so how, how are you doing this back to back? You have these books, September 13th. That's less than a year after this one coming out. Um, yeah, <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was a busy pandemic. Um, That's right. That's um, right. So like, yeah, those, um, I think the this book that's coming out though had been in the works a little bit, like I'd been playing around with it. Black Joy really kind of really just came out of, it's one of those books that just comes out of my personal experience and then the timing of, you know, what was going on in the world at the time. Um, and so, yeah, so uh, then they came for mine. Um, How to heal, um, healing from the trauma of racial violence comes out September thirteenth, and I have new seasons of my podcast, Heart Talk with Trace Michelle. Um, yes. So if you're into podcasts, um, the new season is coming out in a couple of weeks. Um, but yes. you can go listen to some old episodes. <laughs> That's wonderful. And what's that website? Um, you TracyMLewis.com is where you can is an entry point for all of that. That's right. That's right. Well, it has been a pleasure. I I think that um, I had to keep myself very focused because there's so many avenues in which I wanted to ask questions and we could be on this in this conversation for at least three hours. But that just means I have to bring you back. But um, because I'm particularly interested in the work um, that you that you're doing and that you do in your other with your other hats. And so, um, Tracy, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for being a guest in the Black Writer Studio. (laughs) Thank you so much for having me.